Hello everyone, this is John Frangella, and my podcast is all about business and manufacturing. Everything to do with advanced manufacturing, AI, machine learning, investments, crowdfunding, cybersecurity, education, entrepreneurship, finance, and uh, human resources. And the list goes on. Hope you enjoy, and looking forward to your comments. And we're back. Um, I've got the... A good friend of mine, Brian Cookson from RDP Associates, um, leaders in uh, shred tax credits and uh, grants, and I wanted to to you know to have a little chat with uh, Brian. Brian, welcome to our podcast, and uh, you know I wanted you to uh, we, we can do a deeper dive on on these topics of uh, what our listeners are always inquiring about on how to get funding and uh, and assistance. For you know, creating great great products and services. So, yeah, uh, welcome. <laughs> oh, thanks, John. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's so so. Let's let's start off. Uh, you know, tell me a bit more about uh, you know how did you you know get into this field and what makes you wake up in the morning <laughs> every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting how I got into the field because I, I never intended to do it at the very beginning. I was with uh, EY uh, Chartered Accountants many years ago. And I was working in the tech group uh, back then and um, just had a lot of companies coming to me and asking about, uh, like, the shred tax credits and government grants. And, and uh, you know, when they were asking me the question, I was kind of surprised because I thought most companies would be able to, you know, uh, fill out these applications. It didn't seem that tough to me. Uh, but I just had a lot of companies coming to me and asking me if I could uh, help them with it. So. You know, it, it was just uh, really kind of a, a market pull for me into, uh, you know, helping these companies with grants and tax credits. So it, it was a bit surprising to me. But what I've learned over the years is that it is difficult for companies to navigate grants and these all these tax credits. And then even within a program, you know, what, uh, what you need to do, how you need to be successful, how you can be sure uh, you're claiming everything you can. And and, uh, you know, are entitled to, all that sort of thing. So it, it is a lot more complicated uh, than I initially gave it uh, uh, credit for. Right, right. Uh, like, what's the, you know, for, for those for those ones, for those people out there that don't know what uh, shred tax credit is, what, what's the difference be- between shred tax credits and government grants? And, and you know, how, how can they identify that this would be great for a shred or a shred, a shred tax credit, or a, a grant from the government for startup, or yeah, help help me understand a little bit of the clarification on that side. Sure, sure. That's actually a really good question because there are quite a few differences between, say, tax credits like shred and grants. And well, in the end, both uh, you know both programs you know fund R and D and provide uh, you know cash to companies to do that. Um, uh, the, how they operate is quite different. So the shred tax credits have been around for a long time, since 1985, and uh, most companies, I would say, are fairly aware of the shred tax credits. Uh, uh, there's there's a you know a large community out there. By far and away, it's the largest program that the company uh, that the country has. So there's about 20,000 companies that claim shred every year, and depending upon what stats you look at, uh, they spend anywhere between probably uh, maybe three, $3.5 billion on the program every year in terms of giving out these shred tax credits. So <clears throat> it's a very popular program, again, by far and away the largest uh, support program the, uh, the government offers. So 
there's generally good awareness about the, the SHRED program. Um, when it comes to grants, though, it's almost the opposite. And there are a lot of grant programs out there. And the, I would say the grant program is one of the problems is it's hard to get information about the programs in any detail. Uh, so when there are a number of programs and it's hard to get the information on a specific program, uh, that makes it difficult for companies. And so they have a really hard time navigating the grants. I would say the other problem about grants is that you need to um, uh, think ahead for grants. So grants are not retroactive. So when we talk about the shred tax credits, you know, you spend your money, you get to the end of your tax or accounting year, and then you file your corporate tax return. And with your corporate tax return, you file the shred claim. So you're getting reimbursed for costs you've already incurred in the past year or so. And um, <clears throat> when it comes to grants, though, you have to apply for a project or something you're going to do in the future. So you can't start incurring any costs until you get approval from the grant program. So you can't go back and say, well, I hired somebody you know, two months ago. Can I get a grant for that? You have to get approval first before you incur any costs. So right off the bat, that's a difficult thing for a lot of companies, especially SMEs, that have difficulty forecasting what's going to happen, you know, in the future and when they're going to be able to, you know, undertake, say, an R&D project. So uh, one of the things that uh, companies have to keep in mind about grants is that if they're not retroactive, then you have to do some planning to uh, think about uh, whether you can access that program. Right, right. And, and okay, so so we're we're talking about grants. So what's the minimum amount of uh, grants uh, that is possible to even to proceed? Is, is it even worth doing because there's people involved and there's and there is some time allocated? What's the minimum and what's the maximum? What's what's the maximum mm -hmm. you can get from uh, from a grant process? Yeah, so I would say there's kind of three, maybe four buckets that the government kind of puts their grants into. So one is R and D. Another would be hiring and training. A third would be export, accessing foreign markets. And a fourth might be business expansion. So I would say, looking at those, the, the smaller grants would relate to, say, hiring and training. So on that front right now, um, you can get grants, say, for co-op students and things like that. And these grants would typically range around uh, five to seven thousand uh, dollars for bringing on uh, co-op students. Uh, there's, there's programs for that. Um, then you can get into interns, so <clears throat> programs like MyTax, where you can bring go to a university and um, uh, find usually it's master's level or higher um, uh, that can be seconded and come and work for you for a period of time, generally. Three, to, uh, three months to 24 months, and they come and work for you full-time on a project. Uh, then there are some hiring programs. So again, these are usually targeted for hires under the age of 30, and they tend to be for you know STEM technical type hires. And those programs generally provide around $15,000 for a full-time hire, and uh, you can usually only get maybe one or two applications at any particular time. So those would be the lowest uh, end of the funding uh, for grants. Uh, when you get into export, uh, the main program right now is Can Export, where if you're accessing a new foreign market, you can get up to $75,000 to cover your marketing costs. So it covers 75% of marketing costs, up to 75000 So that's a very popular program. Um, and then you get into the R&D. So there you've got everything like IRAP, um, 
which is fund some shred-like projects, so any product development you're doing. Um, the sweet spot for IRAP is probably giving funding between 50000 and 500000 somewhere, <coughs> excuse me, somewhere in that range. And um, then you have things like the super clusters, and uh, they're looking for projects that range between a million and 30 million, and they probably fund somewhere around uh, 40% of those costs. Every super cluster is a little different, so that funding uh, can vary, but uh, generally speaking, on average, probably around there. And then you've got the really big programs, like the Strategic Innovation Fund, that are looking for a minimum uh, project size of 20 million. Uh, so they're, you know, they're, they're uh, funding are, are in the millions of dollars. So that's kind of the range that you have. Right, right. During this COVID-19, do you find grants have decreased or increased with the, with the, because I, I think the government is, is trying to help Canadian manufacturers, uh, you know, uh, be self-reliant and not depend on, on imports from overseas. Do you find that the grants or any, any of those uh, assist, funding assist, or investment in, in, initiatives are, have lowered because of COVID-19, or do you think there's been an increase? Yeah, well, certainly there's been some programs specifically for COVID-19 that have been quite popular. So when, um, you know, the pandemic started, the government uh, reached out to Canadian companies and said, hey, if you can help uh, you know, with this fight against the uh, virus, COVID, uh, COVID-19 virus, then, um, you know, we want to hear from you. So there were a number of programs that uh, were released at that point. So the government opened procurement programs, which are still open. So, for example, in Ontario, there's a program called Ontario Together, and then there's a program at the federal level. So if you uh, can, um, you know, change your manufacturing operations, say, to develop masks, ventilators, hand sanitizers, things like that, you can apply to the government and basically uh, you're sort of entering into a contract with them to sell that product. So you can, you, uh, you can still apply for that. And then there were specific programs like NGEN, which is the Advanced Manufacturing Supercluster. They had $50 million to, um, to uh, uh, fund companies, again, that wanted to get into changing their manufacturing operations to produce ventilators, uh, things like that. Um, IRAP also had a similar program, and Innovative Solutions Canada also had some calls uh, for that particular thing. So there was a whole sector there just to uh, fight the uh, pandemic. Um, for the other uh, programs, uh, they, they've been going along uh, fairly much as normal. Uh, the SHRED program, uh, they're actually expediting the uh, refunds there. And so uh, that's been good for a lot of SMEs that, you know, we're looking forward to getting the refund. So uh, they've been expediting those claims. So, and we've seen that happen quite quickly. So that's been good news for companies. So I would say everything else has been, uh, you know, going along fairly well there. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so just to, to you know, you're a startup. I'm, I'm just going to give you a, a scenario. You're a startup. You're in, you know, you, you, you left the company. You you now want to start your own your own. Uh, startup and uh, and have an idea of a product and you're basically only two months old three months old you're incorporated would would that would that company or person be eligible for any of the of the initiatives or or do you have to be like you know three years in business to get to yeah to, yeah. yeah for some programs yes for other programs no um, okay. but I would say um, 
for most programs, uh, they're not going to cover 100% of your expenses. So that means that you've got to put in some money. So if I if we look at uh, IRAP, uh, you know, programs like that, they're going to fund, you know, 50% of the cost. So to get the funding uh, from them, you need to have other funding in place. So if you're bootstrapping and, and don't have funds per se, and you're just putting in a lot of sweat equity, there are not too many government programs open. The only one I know of that um, uh, would cover 100% is a program called Innovative Solutions Canada. Now, this is actually an interesting program, and um, while it's been in existence, I think, two years now, they're just starting to get off the ground. And what this is, is that there's 20 government departments that have to spend a percentage of their budget to engage with the SME community. So, for example, um, we had uh, two guys coming out of a university, didn't have any money, but had a great idea. And it just so happened that um, the area they, that they were working on, one of the government departments was interested in the technology that these guys, uh, you know, uh, had been working in. So these guys submitted a, a proposal, and it was really a proof of concept. They didn't, didn't have any funds, they just had an idea. So the government liked their proof of concept, so they got 150000 to develop that proof of concept. So basically, they just got 150. There was no matching uh, funds or anything like that. It was just uh, 150. Once they got to that point, the government said, well, we kind of like the proof of concept. Can you build this out, the actual solution? And then they got up to a million dollars for that, uh, to develop that. Again, it's just like a contract that you're getting with the government. Right. So that's one program. Now, the only problem with that program is that they're, you know, they're they're only putting out very specific challenges, looking for you know specific things. So you can uh, get an alert from uh, Innovative Solutions to see what it is that they're looking for. Uh, but that's the main program I can see where you know you can get a hundred percent coverage. Otherwise, you're going to need some funding to uh, to apply to the other programs. Is there is there a limit? Is there certain provinces that are 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 uh, not eligible for any of these initiatives, or it's across Canada? Uh, it doesn't matter where you're at, where you're from. Yeah, well, certainly there there are federal programs, there are provincial, provincial programs, yeah. and then there's even regional and municipal programs. Oh, so, okay. Uh, the, the, we have them at uh, all sorts of different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, what you'll see a lot on on the federal side is that the federal will offload the actual administration to the individual provinces. So um, you'll have, like, for the training program, for example. So SMEs that have less than 100 staff in Ontario can get uh, 83% of the cost of any third-party training done. So the type of training can be, like, leadership training, uh, sales training, technical training, you know, that sort of thing. So it's actually a pretty good reimbursement. Um, it's a federal program, but um, you know Ontario uh, administers it for uh, this particular province. So you know you'll get situations like that. You see, it, it, it it's kind of you know, and and this you know these topics of training and export, these are things that I think a lot of companies would need. But it, it's kind of you know, it's almost like unless you're in that world of understanding the shreds and it's in part of your DNA. You're going to forget that there's there's funding and you end up using your own money to go and invest in your company. And yeah. how, how, how do you build a system to remind that when a scenario happens as, as a CEO or a president, it has to remember that, hey, we're going to spend $15,000 on 
on training our, our team to, to sell export and, there, and there's a funding for that. And, and, and they end up doing it, you know, borrowing it from the bank or using their credit line or reinvesting when, when there's something there to help grow their company. How do you kind of keep them? I know there's newsletters and stuff, but is there, yeah. is there a better way to, to make sure that they're not losing out on, on some amazing uh, initiatives on that side? Yeah, and that's, a, that's another good point because you're right. There's a lot of information out there about grants. There's new le- newsletters and that. And we, we certainly, um, you know, have a newsletter where we try to keep, um, you know, our clients aware. But that only has, um, you know, limited effect, yeah. as, as you know. Um, yeah. You know, wh- when you send out a newsletter, I think the open rates may be 20 to 30% at best. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're not going <laughs> to get a lot of engagement uh, at that level. So. Basically, you know, what we've found is that, you know, we have to be proactive with our clients. That's the only way that we've found that's been effective so far. And that means that basically we're just touching base with our clients periodically to find out what's coming up in the next 6 to 12 months. Because, again, for grants, we have to know what's going to happen as opposed to what has happened. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they're going to hire somebody or they're going to undertake a project or, you know, do a do some major expansion. We, we we need to know that in advance. We need to know at the planning stage so that we have the time to uh, you know prepare that application and get it in and get it approved before they start. So that's really the trick. So for us, it's really about constant communication with our clients. So we have systems that we set up to uh, you know periodically uh, touch base with the client. Uh, you know to uh, go over you know what's coming up. Right. So so. Give an example. I, I we we submit something on January first. How long would it take? I guess it depends on the on the application. Let's say sure. it's let's say it's fifteen thousand dollars. How long would yeah, it take yeah. before you get you, you get the government to to approve or the federal or provincial or you know municipality? How long would that take to from January first? Just just to give an idea. Yeah, yeah, and that's right. Yeah. So just to give a general idea, if you're looking at you know for fifteen thousand dollars, you're probably looking at a turnaround time of uh, two to four weeks. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, that sort of thing. You know, if you're looking for, um, you know, uh, $5 million, um, it can take, you know, I would say realistically eight months to a year. Okay. You know. That's interesting. Now, now, if you did periodically verify, like, to, to, you know, to stay in touch with, with a company that, that's a certain size, it's, it's, it's five to or up to 50 or 100 employees or 500 employees, who are the main people you would need to speak with so that these initiatives are actually done properly? Mm-hmm. Who, who, uh, what, what kind of titles? What kind of uh, uh, what kind of uh, response uh, managers are you, would you need to to be in the room at the same time when you do this? Let's say every quarterly, and, and there's nothing you say. Okay, in five minutes the meeting's done. Kind of thing, right, 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 and that's right. That's right. That's gonna happen. But you know, for a company that's kind of touching all those buckets that I mentioned earlier, mm. um, you know, what what you're what we're going to want to know is say, you know, uh, the head of product development, for example, mm-hmm. uh, w- would be one person or R&D or, or someone, uh, you know, who, who's in that particular area of the company. And okay. then human resource would be another one. So that's right. for hiring and training. Right. And then sales would be another area for export, looking at export and uh, going into foreign markets. Right. So okay. we're kind of looking. And then, you know, maybe even at the C-suite level, if it's for a major expansion, you know, if, if they're, you know, looking at a multi-million dollar expansion, then there are special, um, you know, non-interest bearing loans and other programs like that that we can look at. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, you know, you, you, you know, you have these meetings and you bring the wrong people and, and sometimes those meetings end up not being so efficient. But if you know 
the people that are responsible and yeah hr i mean that i can see and then the actual um the sales if you if you're exporting you want the sales manager there because he's gonna love to get you know some assistance to to, to, to boost his campaign or his yeah. his efforts right yeah, yeah, and you're right. It doesn't take that long. These are not long meetings, you know. Especially once we get the system underway, they're they're, they're not really long meetings. They, you know, they take, like you say, you know, fifteen minutes most. I was reading uh, uh, that you've partnered with certain startups to help them connect with VCs, venture capitalists. What? How, how does? Can you give me a little bit more detail of what does that mean? Sure. I mean, um, we don't do it so much as a formal program, but just because we've been around for a long time, like over 30 years, you know, we, we've developed relationships with the VCs. Um, and just because, you know, a lot of the VCs come to us and, you know, say, can you help our investees, you know, uh, look oh. at grants and tax credits. So, right. you know, we've kind of developed relationships with various VCs over the years. So because of that, you know, when, when we see startups, you know, um, and the, we think there's a particularly good fit, then we can, uh, you know, make an introduction. What uh, what are the industries that you help? I know there's there's high tech. What other is it medical? What are the industries that that you've been really involved with that um, that you know is is uh, more of a easier transition because of the industry because you've you've had that so much experience. What are some of the industries that you've you know that you've helped? Uh, right. Yeah. Right. So you're absolutely right. I mean, um, we kind of mimic uh, you know the percentage breakdown as to companies that apply for shred credits and grants. So mm-hmm. you know probably fifty percent of our uh, client base would be tech. So that's like fintech, uh, you know, e-health, digital media, right. you know, anything that's kind of software based. Um, and then next would be manufacturing. So probably about uh, maybe 30, 35% of our client base would be manufacturing. And we're actually seeing a bit of a resurgence of manufacturing um, in the last year or so. I think there's been more nice. adaptation on technology um, and technology improvement. So we're seeing actually a lot happening there. Um, the agri uh, tech space is increasing as well. I mean, you know, you've got the cannabis uh, industry, uh, you know, on site, and they're considered yes. part of the agri industry, um, that sort of thing. So uh, we're seeing uh, quite a bit in the agri tech space, um, and then you know we have uh, things like life science, uh, you know, within the biotech, and uh, lots of things happening there, both on the AI side and just straightforward uh, biotech. And then you'll have, you know, periphery things like um, you know mining and um, uh, clean tech and things like that. Right. So. right. Well, it's good. Lots of information <laughs> to to to. to uh, I mean, there's you know, there's. Uh, we might have to do a part two to this, uh, Brian. So uh, we'll 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 leave. You know, we'll leave the the the, the basics of, of where we're you know where we stand right now, and then there's questions we can build those, um, because you know this is a topic that is so in, you know so important to, for innovation, and if you know if you create you know if you create something that you know that is needed. And doesn't exist, you know. You, you've created a, an ecosystem itself, and, and produce uh, jobs, and produce uh, products. You know, huge economic value to you know to your country. It's it's uh, in your city, in your province. It's very important that that people do not feel that they have to take a you know take this out alone. 
you know, when I first started, it was just, I didn't even know that, you know, all this stuff existed. Yeah, <laughs> I did the hard way, you know. Well, you know, I mean, the other thing, too, is I think every company should periodically, you know, look at this area um, and just make sure they're claiming, because, you know, even, like, uh, you know, RDP is a firm, you know, we've availed ourselves of the Can Export Grant uh, when we um, uh, went into the Netherlands and Ireland, and it was great. Like, I mean, for right. me, right. it was fantastic, because I could leverage and access those markets a lot quicker than I otherwise would. And it just helped me establish uh, our presence there much more quickly than, than we otherwise would have. So it, it really was a big help for us. Right, right. Did this RDB, RDP Associates um, uh, uh, help with U.S. clients also? Yes, so we, okay. um, we do the same thing in the U.S., the U.K., uh, okay. Ireland, Netherlands, and uh, just starting in Germany. Do the same thing in those countries, because those countries also have R&D tax credits right. and grants and things like that. Yeah. Right, right. Interesting. Amazing. We might have to do a Zoom meeting one of these days <laughs> to, yeah. to have uh, you know, any of our clients that do need uh, or you know, people that are interested are not part of the discussion and they want to know more. I mean, that would be a... Well, Brian, thank you for uh, you know this 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 fabulous discussion about R and D and shred and and grants uh, process and there's lots of information and one thing about I like about podcasts you can always go back if you and you can go back and back and many times until you get the you know the information right. proper versus right. reading yeah. something and then losing it in the email. That's why I find podcasts are very helpful not only for right. myself but also right. you know share it to to you know to those who are interested. So I, that sounds great. I'm going to leave uh, for all for all the listeners. I'll be leaving Brian's uh, information email. If any, any information that you want to have a confidential discussion, you can reach Brian uh, directly. And again, thanks for uh, for uh, popping on our podcast here. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll probably do a part two in the future. <laughs> well, that's great, John. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Brian. Okay.